0: Dave Sharkey here for the three Pete. How are you, mate?
1: You well? I can't believe I'm very well. I can't believe it's been it's been a uh, third podcast. I wonder. Uh, I know how meticulous you are when it comes to organising uh, podcasts, Rusty. So I'm sure you could call up. Uh, probably somewhere on a spreadsheet or a whiteboard, uh your 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 regular contributors. And uh, I wonder how many have done three. And they look it's a, it's an absolute honor to do three. And it's cool for me to to touch base at you and and see again what uh what you're up to and uh for me to reflect a little bit on the, the journey I suppose that I've been on.
0: Nice. I'm not sure we've had a three Pete. That's got oh, my, wow.
1: That's
0: it's got me curious. Well she I know and, and then there's a few doubles um Fletcher's probably done a three-peat um oh mate cool well let's get let's go and by the way I'm terrible at organizing podcasts so apologies <laughs> to anyone that wants uh, a regular podcast <laughs> just doesn't exist in my world um Dave Sharkey uh team architecture theming storytelling all that kind of shebang what's uh do you want to do a quick intro and then yeah maybe let's get into like what have you learned since the last one because because if you haven't learned anything since the last one, then this one's going to be really short.
1: <laughs> we'll just do a quick five-minute one. No, have I learned anything? No, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, massively. Um, yeah, no, it's been cool. It's been I think it's been a kind of a steady two-year or 18 months at least between each of them. So it's given me a chance to – and each sort of stage that I've done a, a podcast with you, different things have happened. So if I think back to the first one, I had just started theming. Uh, I had rolled out Project Apollo with – school team that i was coaching at the time and so my background again is as a as an irish english teacher or now a part-time irish english teacher because team architecture which is my company is sort of taken off and so i'd started rolling that out by the time the first podcast that was pre-covid and then when i'd written up a few of those things on my blog the great white sharky uh, Mm -hmm. and then some other people reaching out during COVID about kind of theming, um, and then off the back of that, I was able to establish a framework. Professional coaches in different sports were interested in me supporting them um, in terms of theming. One of which was Stad um with Raj ronogara again in France, and so uh, I've been I've been working with them now the last three seasons, and they've had a pretty good a pretty good go of it. Um, Probably had more to do with the signing of Will Skelton than my Mickey Mouse French uh, coinciding around that time as well, and supporting them week to week with their with their kind of um, with their key messaging. And then the second podcast was the, after that first season that I'd done with them. So I'd been out to France; that was my first visit because of COVID. Obviously, restrictions couldn't go out there. So after that first visit, I had a chance to sort of meet a lot of people within the camp, uh, players and coaches, and they had already experienced a year of of me theming with them. Um, and then the last two seasons then, uh, we've been embedding that a little bit further. Um, so after that first season, they got to the top 14 final and a Champions Cup final and lost to Toulouse in both both occasions. Since the last podcast, uh, they have uh, been to three or four finals and they have won two of those, being the Champions Cup. So they won the Champions Cup back-to-back against uh, the team I actually support, Leinster. So... Uh, Um, Look, on that front, specifically with Larry Shell and the work I've done with team architecture, that's been hugely successful. Uh, But I've branched out into other areas with uh, GAA in Ireland and Gaelic football and hurling. I've done some work with businesses with banks and engineering construction firms and more recently a uh, a hedge fund uh, in the city that are interested in chatting to me about uh, how theming and key messaging kind of might link. So... um, I've done a lot. Have I learned a lot? Yeah, I think I, think I have. I think I'm kind of refining this as, as I kind of go uh, and team architecture is getting busier and busier, which is great. But, you know, as I said, I'm a part time English teacher and I think the skills which I've been lucky to hone across 15 years in the classroom uh, help me with supporting coaches in a sporting sense, but also people in business with the sense of what are you trying to convey? What's the best way in which to do that? When are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Uh, do you think people are listening? Uh, how much have they retained? Um, how often are you going to embed this, this this kind of this sort of information? And thinking more strategically about how you might deliver messaging has been has been cool. So, uh, someone said to me recently that that the phrase communication consultant sounds a bit waffly, and I probably maybe tend to. Uh, tend to agree with them, but I'd like to think that that the actual practical things of what we do uh, with team architecture is 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 fairly integral to what uh, everyone needs in the sense of how we deliver information and how we interact with one another. I was just thinking there, as you
0: were talking, like, and I, and I know you'll say it's probably different in different environments, but. Uh, obviously I'm like sold on the benefits of theming. I just wonder to what extent people are like going, okay, we want to do this because we just want to connect people to a common purpose. Um, To what extent are people going, actually, um, we really want to use something that gives us a central thread around, around our language. So like, it all kind of, it all kind of makes sense. To what extent are people going, oh, we want to periodize like some of the psychology and the mindset stuff or are they doing all of the above or are they going, we don't know what's possible? Um, are they going, I think I'm quite good at this. Can you just like give me 10% extra? Are they going, can you really help us with this? I, I'm assuming the answer is different to all those things. I'm just, I guess I'm just curious as to like how you are interacting with individuals and, and teams on this.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of the things I love about your podcast is that you ask seven questions at once. Uh, yeah, a lot of
0: questions, sorry.
1: <laughs> but no, look, it's it, it, it kind of covers a lot of those things. Uh, people contact me for lots of different reasons. People contact me from grassroots to professional organisations, uh, as I said, from the City of London to... Um, you know, an underage GA team in rural Ireland uh, to an AFL team in Australia. It's per- like, you know, it is fairly, it's fairly widespread and people need different things. And um, some of them have no idea about theming. have never thought about how they might, their system of communication or uh, how they might deliver key messages. They're kind of showing up. And look, that's okay, depending on the level that you're at. Um, I just think maybe if you're a bit more deliberate about that, that actually you can, you can unlock a lot of, your own potential and the potential of the group that you're working with would be would, would be something i'd say so um some people are interested in themes and stories um which is obviously a part of what i specialize in but a lot of the time it's People want to talk stories and I, I want to talk messaging first. I want to talk about, sorry, like, what do you stand for? Who are you? Um, people regularly contact me and say, oh, cool. We, we, we've heard about this theming stuff. What should we do? And, like, my first response, I have no idea. We've been on a Zoom call or we've shared, some, we've exchanged some messaging uh, for, you know, 30 seconds, two minutes. Um, how on earth could I possibly fathom what kind of story is going to capture you and your group and your challenges? Um, so learning more about them. And letting them refine that, I think in in and of itself is a, is a useful uh, exercise. When we find a theme or a story that can connect to that, it can really uh, it can it can be empowering. It can be, you know, um, psychological periodization as you described. It can be refining, you know, technique on a specific example. So, w- with 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 people who've been on workshops with me. Um, will hear me under, uh, talk about the scales of theming that you might have going from super micro to micro to macro to super macro. I think there's all those levels. Now, when, you know, and, and I was keen to ask you about your experience of themes. When we think of themes, Rusty, we tend to think of the super macro. We tend to think of the Crusaders. Uh, would that be your experience of people who who talk about theming or are aware of it? Is that the level they're looking at? Like the big kind of all singing, all dancing, that kind of stuff, would that be what you'd see?
0: I think people want to get to that. Um, But I think what they don't understand is I wouldn't start with that. I would probably start with, like, as you said, like, maybe some stories, getting into an environment, what's kind of resonating. I did a a session uh, this week with a where, like, I was trying to, like, uh, bring to life some of the defence stuff. So I actually videoed some individuals. I then kind of said, look, what do you think? And then we then created this narrative around people coming around to our house and like just got this theme of like, when you, when you step into our house, this is how it is. And then, then way through the session, the other coach that was leading the session, tried to move us to, to another pitch and the lads were like, no, 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 we're not moving house today. Like people are coming to our house. And so, uh, so I think you can do it from a, I think you could do it from a, a, a skill refinement point of view. Maybe that might be like metaphors, analogies. I think you could, you could sessionalize it. I think you could have themes throughout the season. You could theme a week, you know, around a final, for example. Uh, I think you will, um, you could periodize it, you know, you could use it to periodise your season. If you're like the Crusaders and you've been doing it for a while, you could like connect those up over years. Um, it's really interesting. Obviously, I've do, we've done a bit of it with Joe, with Oyanak, and uh, it wouldn't be natural for Joe, so I guess I was, Interested in a couple of things from you. One was, how easy is it to do with a coach that doesn't necessarily, like, it's not their sweet spot? Mm. Second thing is, like, how easy is it to do remotely? Um, yeah. What I would say with Joe is, like, he's he's tried it. He's noticed some stuff. He's refined it. He's he's, he's turned up for pre-season, and the first thing the lads have asked him is, what's this season's theme? Yeah. And they, he's then gone, oh, jeez, this is actually, like, Landing, and this is helpful. Mm -hmm. And then he started to create some like rituals around it. There's some artifacts. There's this big, you know, thing up in the in the clubhouse where you know we're ticking off as we conquer France. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know, it's it's been relatively emergent there. Actually, probably with a coach and Joe won't mind me saying this, who would probably want to go like, okay, let's plan it in for the season now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, as as
0: lots of coaches want to do, don't they? They yeah. want to go like, let's plan it into the season, week twenty six. But again, I think exactly this, you know, the same as I would with my session planning. Like, who the hell knows what's happening in week twenty six? Yeah, like, yeah. Quite frankly, like we might have lost three in a bounce, we might have won three in a row. Our best players might be injured. Like, yeah. it's un- unlikely we know exactly what's going to happen. So, I think one of the things you chatted about was just having this kind of bank of just, you know, things that in the same way the coaches have options, you have a series of options that, you know, you choose the right weapon at the right time.
1: Yeah. And look, I think that's a really, really good point. I think I've had clients come to me who wanted me to sketch out an entire season for them week to week because for them that was easier. And I was kind of going, like, as you said, but the story will have changed because you'll have changed. And that's something that happens quite regularly with with with. And look, that's in sport and business, in the sense of look, our expectations of what's going to happen here, a deal that's meant to go through, something is meant to happen that doesn't happen, and you're still you're still telling a story that you designed three months ago. Well, it's it's it, it, it's evolved, and you need to evolve with it. And I think coaches that stay and look, this is another point in the sense of if your team and your story isn't adaptable to the people in front of you, my sense is, is that it's going to die. And you will you will end up. It will be a distraction. It will be something, and that's an issue because you're now putting energy and effort into something that is no longer true. And um, so it's interesting here again your experiences of it. And why do why do coaches in high performance environments <laughs> want to know what's happening in week twenty six? Because there's other factors that they have that might feel that are more defined like that and the more control maybe they feel they have. Now, look, uh, as we all know, you can't control everything. There's going to be that sense. And they know that too. They they do know that, but maybe it's the coaches that are less um, adept with this, like being, allowing a story to evolve and for us to maybe check in and refresh or for one week, maybe not to do it uh, because, because we don't have the energy or the time to refine what it is. I think that's okay. Like you know, I've spoken before on, uh, to you and to others about dialing up and dialing down. Like people getting very um, worked up about oh, how's the team going to work this week, and uh, eventually going, well, if it doesn't, what if we didn't do it? Would that be such a problem? Would that be a not? Would that be a disaster? Would that wreck everything? And people kind of go, oh, maybe, probably not. Okay, well, maybe we'll come back to it next week when we when we can. And I think that's okay too. So having that flexibility. I think it's important. And look, I've, I've said this to you before, about the depth that you can go to in teams, you can. And I mean, that can. And you made a good point there saying people want to get to the big, big theme, the super macro kind of theme, because that's their version of what theming is. Whereas when I've said to other groups that I think like Saracens would team their defense, uh, I would argue that Eddie Jones, I think albeit poorly would team his bench by calling them finishers. Uh, sorry, it's not for me to say whether it's poor or not. If it works for him and his environments, then great. It really doesn't matter what I think. Uh, I would argue that the South African bench, uh, the bomb squad is themed. I think you've changed. It's a mindset shift. It's a way of looking at this challenge in a unique way. Now, South African might team anything else that they do because, in, because they've looked at it and go, what is the thing we want to do? And does this reframing... Uh, a perspective shift, a theme, a story, a way of talking about this, does that does that help what we're trying to do? Yes, then we do it. Uh, and if it doesn't, then it's okay. And if it doesn't connect to other things, fine. Um, and everyone wants the big theme, but actually you can do different stages if you want. Uh, you can do skills, as you said. You can create language. You can create these unique experiences that no one else is having um, if you're willing to think about those things. And look, not everyone wants to. People find it too difficult. They think it's too vague. In some cases, it's too ambiguous. And in, in professional sport and in business, where it is professional, where people's you know livelihoods and jobs are on the line, they want the more certainty they can have, the better. But um, I think it's hard to get that unless you're willing to adapt and be flexible. I would argue and, and roll with it, which, which look explains maybe why my role exists with the groups I work with.
0: I was uh, we're theming skill development as one of, I've themed lots of things with ONAC, but one of the things we are theming this year is skill development. And um, uh, I think I think we've done it in a cool way that might reframe it for people. Um, I guess I was also curious about like, so initially you'll have started doing lockdown and it'll have been a remote relationship. And I guess O'Gara is learning along the way as well. And then w- w- was it like, was it like you imagined when you got to France and you went and visited them? Were you like, oh, right, this is alive? Or were you like, oh, okay, this is interesting. This isn't how I imagined it was going to be on Zoom. Because I, those are like, I would imagine it's challenging to do when you're not in the environment on a day-to-day
1: basis. Yeah, no, that 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 is a big challenge. And if I think of the first time that I went out there and I saw it being undertaken, Fr- there was a part of me going oh, i wouldn't do it that way and i think I, I said i think i said before i think i said before to you that oh i think we're only doing this about 25 or 30 but that's in my head yeah yeah and 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 i like i think i've learned to let go of like as much as i am a part of this process it is theirs it is their story that that i'm i'm I am i have the privilege and the benefit of being a, a part, a small part of, but ultimately I'm allowing them to take this and run with it. And that's good. <laughs> like I need to, like, we go back to that idea of control and coaches want to have control. I can't control where it takes them because it is theirs. And look, that's really, that's really powerful when when you allow that to happen. So if I think of the first time I saw it going, oh, I don't know about that. But actually the more I've been willing to let go with it and see, Jesus, they... They've come up with stuff I never would have thought of, or that's that's really interesting, the angle that they've looked at. Who's that? Who's, Who's they? Well, look, uh, you know, most of the work we do with, with La Rochelle would be directed through Raj, and um, I might pitch an idea to him going, oh, we're going down this route. He might suggest, oh, and I never thought of this as another way. And I kind of gone. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> like that's a, that's a better idea than I had. Um, and let, letting that kind of roll it, it, it can be a good thing. But I remember being in the room when I've been lucky to to be part of the the kind of training training environment during preseason training during the season and training. Like a team run, maybe the night before at the stadium, and um, that's been really cool because that's actually where some of the the work that I've done is is being rolled out in front of me. It's like one of the last messages they'll have before they come together the day the next day for the match. Um, and I remember being in there and kind of going, oh, I wonder if that landed or how much that landed. And then sitting, I was out there in April uh, this year, and I was as um, I was sitting on the bench. Uh, having gone in with the team just before kickoff, they were playing Bayonne at home, and Ker Barlow had been playing in the Champions Cup, He playing against Sarries the week before, so he was having a breather uh, against Bayon at home, and and it was great chatting him. Look, one, he's a he's a very he's a, he's an exceptional rugby player, but he's an exceptional rugby brain. Uh, he's experienced teaming uh, in New Zealand, and it was really good to get his insight to go. Whereas I was kind of going, I'm not sure how much that landed, and he was sort of he of his own volition was sort of saying to me like. Some of the messaging and stuff that you got between you and Roger coming up with is really powerful and is really effective at, at kind of binding some of the things we're trying to do uh, together. And to hear that feedback was great because I was kind of I'm still, as you say, when you're when you're via distance, when you're not in the room, when um, you speak un petit peu uh, français. <laughs> um, in. <laughs> well I can certainly I can understand it a lot better than I can deliver it but wh- when you're when you're when, when that's happening you're always wondering how how much is this on the money how much is this hitting the nail on the head and to hear him give that sort of feedback was great now look there'll be other people in the squad who might go I don't know why we're talking about this uh from week to week but um the, the sense from, from from what I get from from Raj is that, um, if they didn't roll it out, and he said before there was I think there was one week in the first season where we didn't do something, and he said the players were asking, What's going on? Like what's what's the story? Like what do what we what what are we doing here? Uh this is hang on, what, what what's happened? This wasn't what I was expecting. Um so look, getting that sort of feedback and me letting go, I think has been the thing I've definitely learned about doing this via distance.
0: I've uh, I was asking the coaches this week when was the uh, top two times that you uh shut up. Um, so that was probably good for you to not go. Hang on a second, I think we could. No, yeah, I'm just gonna let this roll.
1: Hundred percent. Like, uh, excusez moi, uh, <laughs> j'ai une question. Uh, no, no, not the time. They're
0: like, what? No, he's, he's uh, je like, David, uh, Londra. Uh, how? Um, and I guess like, and, and and what are your reflections now? You look back on like the, the original like framework stuff. Like, are you going? Yeah, it's pretty like that's what I see in lots of places or there's options. And uh, I'll often point people towards your your website and and that article and go, look, look, it might give you some clues. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's set in stone. You know, we don't have to do the hero's journey as an example. It's, you know, there's there's other ways of doing this stuff. What's, what's your reflections on that?
1: Yeah. So um, I was at a, a coaching conference um, a couple of months ago in Uppingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick DeLuca had, uh, had asked me to speak uh, at it and and one of the attendees was Ed Conway who I've had great conversations with in in the past about theming and I know he's rolled out themes in a way I never could have or would have done uh, and, and he found something that really worked for him and his group and it was great to catch up with him because he asked some really good questions around that framework saying you know would you still would you still adhere to that would is, is that something you'd still promote um and I kind of feel maybe I need to update it to a certain extent or at least reflect on it um having embedded this across different environments different sports in different languages different hemispheres um uh, you know in in different spheres in the sense of um business and sport and so how true does that is that still um and what's funny is that, um, there are certain aspects to it that I think I would definitely say for for certain groups, establishing these things are, are essential. And but again, it goes back to the point of how much of the story is there, like it's theirs. And so me trying to say, oh, we have to do this, we have to do that because it's on my framework. But they're like, we don't want that, or that sounds naff. Like, and there's there's look, the, 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 maybe the, the the best way to to exemplify this is is the use of totems, which is one of the things I would say. A physical reminder of the theme. Now, for some groups, uh, the idea of a totem and a physical thing—if that's—if that's introduced too soon. So, sorry, a, a totem again for your for, for your listen. Maybe aren't, aren't familiar. Is that it's just a it's just a it's a physical reminder. It's a it's something that's kind of that's physically there, present. So, an example would be the man of the match awards for the uh, Crusaders when they ran a Muhammad Ali theme would be boxing gloves. That would be a totem, a symbol. Uh, of that. We use something similar with the, the HAC, the greatest rugby club in the world, uh, with our Ayrton Senna theme by using an Ayrton Senna mug. We'd also use Alan Prost mugs as his great rival for an opposition. We would give a man of the match award to an, an opposition player. We wanted to include them in our theme. Those are totems. So when they have their mug of coffee, <laughs> and lads who've had their mugs would say it, it, for the Senna one, for example, said like, that's my favourite mug like. And people always ask, going, oh, are you into F1? They're like, not really. But have a cent- centimog, and I know what that means. Uh, the Shackleton whiskey would be another example of a totem. Uh, it could be as simple as a, a flag, a symbol, uh, 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 something on a jersey. It could be anything. But it's a physical reminder of the stories, the themes, and it's unique to you. So when we opened a bottle of Shackleton whiskey, uh, having talked an awful lot about Ernest Shackleton with the HAC, that meant something. It meant so much uh, to the same extent that actually I, I've I've just recently uh, finished with the HAC and one of the gifts they gave me was an, a bottle of Shackleton whiskey inscribed with HAC in the bottle. And when Ernest Shackleton's ship, the insurance uh, was discovered, the amount of messages I got from guys in the club who remember having whiskey in the change room, that meant something. So th- Sorry, that's what totems are. And so – Sometimes when I've suggested the use of totems to group, they've gone, oh, that's a bit much, or I don't know if I like that. And that's fine, because I have to relinquish that. But it's on my framework. Uh, so these are suggested things you could use to bring it to life. You don't have to. The Champions Cup final most recently, the La Rochelle team used a totem. And they used a totem in a way we hadn't used before. Because if we've been using totems every week, they mightn't have had the impact of... You're now 17 points down in a Champions Cup final away to Leinster after 11 minutes. It might have had the same impact. Now, sorry, I'm not trying to suggest that the physical totem of the photographs meant something, but it meant something in the build-up to it. And it certainly means something afterwards, and they're reflecting it, and they were able to share um, those memories with their families. And that was a key part of the totem. Tapping into that sense of family was the totem that we needed Oh, uh, sorry. That they they needed. We needed to sort of convey to them. I think that that makes it effective. So, lots to reflect on with it. But I need to know that not everyone's going to need to use all or use all areas, all the the, the all the points that are on that framework. Um, I've got a totem from being man of the match against UCD.
0: Uh, going back to your uh, favorite uh, city. Uh, <laughs> it's on my bookshelf over there, and I'm going to explore it again later
1: and my and my former rugby team as well i would have played at ucd i would have gone there to to, yeah, yeah, to, to uni yeah. in college i would have played there year for for a few seasons what the, was the totem what was it
0: it's a, uh, a book of poems uh, irish poems
1: uh, amazing how many do you know off by heart uh,
0: None. what's <laughs> it's it's made it onto my bookshelf what um yeah and and I, and i guess like uh, but, B- the bigger picture stuff uh, I've read and it still gives me goosebumps. And I was, it's interesting. I like t- t- when I talk about theming and storytelling, I, I mention the kind of 200 feet short uh, yeah. stuff and uh, and it gives me goosebumps. And, I'll, and then I'll go like, I wasn't even there. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. not even part of it. Like, but it does give me an emotional response in the same way. I was thinking, yeah, of course, like as does receiving a totem, but again, mm-hmm. like making them too regular and too predictable, yeah, might also not be a helpful thing, might it? They're, they're just options as
1: coaches. Look, there's a great line by by uh, Charles Dickens in, in the sense of, like, telling a story. And the idea is, make them laugh, make them cry, but make them wait. So ultimately, you're trying to... It's timing of these things is huge. And I've seen coaches that have... And I'm wary sometimes of... of, of, of sometimes coaches, when they workshop with me to roll something out across the season... <laughs> They come back to me after like four weeks and they're like, we've used it all. I'm like, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) you've used it all. I'm like, that's content I could have helped you roll out over two seasons, three seasons, you use it four weeks. So that sense of anticipation is, is hugely important. And look, you talk about the emotional response there as well. That's important. Like I often say it's the right messages by the right people at the right time. If uh, David, uh, you know, uh, Sharkey's delivers the story of three hundred feet, three hundred thirty feet from the top of Mount Everest, uh, not the season just gone, the season before, uh, about look, no, like we don't want to wake up on Sunday and feel we're three hundred thirty feet short, uh, like these guys, like Charles uh, Evans and Tom Bourdillon, and we tell that story through a video, and it's all in parfait français. Um, you know, wh- wh- when they when they hear that at the start of the week, and that becomes a mantra. You know, three hundred feet becomes a mantra, and they do it with the last play of the game to win the game. Like it all sounds so perfect, like it was all designed to be. Um, and look, it, it's not easy. It, it, it's a lot more than that. But those emotional pitches, you're trying to get them at certain points. But if you did that every week, if it was every week of, this is what we're trying to do, and I think some people maybe. They miss. They understand why they they're going to theme. They understand what, but they don't quite know the how in the set. Or or sorry, the how and the when uh, they might do that.
0: And what would be like your? How are you guiding people through that stuff? Because also, I think there's an element of like you've probably got to find out the who. So actually, the who might not be the head coach. Um, Now they might be part of the creation of some of this stuff but actually they may not be the best person to deliver
1: yeah and look there, there, there have been coaches who contacted me um who don't who aren't the head coach and they've actually just wanted a team in their area and that's fine too that's okay and also thinking sometimes when you ask sometimes a, a head coach of going when you ask the question of if if we've got the right message are you the right person to deliver this now, no one's often asked them that because they're like, well, I just have to because I'm the head coach. Oh, do you get me? Like, I But I'm the guy who has to be at the top of the room and I have to have a PowerPoint and I have to be angry when we're, when we've lost draft to be, you know, or whatever. Like they, 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 they've they kind of been put into a certain box uh, about how they do lots of things. And one of those is how they deliver key messages, how they deliver that information. And look, I, I think, one thing that's great with working with Rog and getting him to see how he works is that he's worked in different environments and he's seen how some exceptional coaches operate. And I think he's learned that. And he's he'd be the first person to admit that he's very different <clears throat> than, than he was as a player, like massively different. And he's learned that because he's had to. So the way in which he would prepare for a game is very different to how Raymond Rule, Larish. <laughs> like, if you try to get, like fit Raymond Rule into a box and go, "This is hate," like, it's just not going to work. Like, um, and if you let him be him, you're going to get a far better end sort of product. And look, he's he's sort of uh, he's certainly learned that, and and figuring out maybe who are the best people to deliver some stuff. I remember we would have done some stuff in one of our earlier themes with La Rochelle on Le Premier, um, and we talked about. It was all about first, and one of the first we touched on was the was the uh, Fijian sevens um the, the, the gold medal that they won in twenty sixteen. Um, and look, there's no point me trying to dig into that too much and understand what that's like when we could ask Levani Batia, who knows guys on the team, who knew what it was like to be a Fijian and see them win a gold medal at the Olympics. And what like, why on earth would Raj try and capture what it was like when he could go? Leps, what do you what What do you reckon? Like, um, you know, what what was it about for you? So, him delivering that message is is hugely uh, significant. And getting look, tapping into who the people are in front of you. Look, I think it's a great point. Um, you know, who's delivering these messages is is, is vital. Um, I I I,
0: I, got, I got, it made me think about two things. One was like, any good mistakes that you 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 go actually here's a really great example of a mistake. And then also, I started to wonder to what extent. Uh, um, I got asked this question after the session I did the other day by another coach. He said, "How much of that was planned? How much of that was in the moment?" Like, uh, and obviously, there's never any planning going on in my head, but there are some options. So, uh, but I would be quite good at improv. Um, how much do you like sense that coaches are then? going away with you know and you're maybe trying to upskill them and they're actually practicing some of this stuff on their families on their you know on their own in front of the mirror like is that the type of stuff that that, that is going on that you imagine is going on I'm curious so two questions any good of course never one question is it any good um any good mistakes but also like are you, are you seeing coaches having to like work harder getting better at this
1: uh, you've narrowed you've narrowed down your questions from seven to two, which is good. Yeah. Um, so sorry if I jump to there was something you said there that made me think about oh, sorry how much of this is planned. It reminded me of the. I think it's a story about Jerry Seinfeld who would say like. If you think I walk into a like a, a live show that's being recorded or a, a theater with like thousands of people who've come to see me and you think this is the first time I'm rolling with these jokes, like this has been refined and scripted before. I, I often think of that when I am teaching. There's so many things I will try in teaching with a group period one that actually when it comes to period four later on, I'll be like. I'm going to nail this technique. I'm going to try this thing out and see. Period four Just...
0: is always better than period
1: one. Don't go with the period <laughs> one lesson. Period one can be tough. It's funny. You think you're like, oh, everyone's going to be fresh and ready. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> um, also, the first lesson after lunch is, can be tricky um, for everyone, including myself. Um, but, yeah, look, refining those things and practicing those things out uh, can be really, really effective, like a, a skill, a way of starting something of – like, and th- that's something that, like, to go back to your point about the, you know, people wanting the big, huge theme that everyone buys into. Like, if you look at the Crusaders and talk about theming, they've been theming since the late 90s. The earliest version I can find of them theming is Wayne Smith and the Battle of Thermopylae 300 and the Spartans. Like, um oh, sorry. No, actually, it's probably the... Um, Uh, Henry V, we few, we lucky few, we band of brothers, like that, that kind of stuff, like he found something that captured what he was trying to convey there in language and he was rolling it out. But they've been doing that for years where that's sort of expected. But it also means that you can refine it. People want that immediately. I don't think you get that immediately. It takes time to embed it. And you might be better off practicing on a smaller scale, practicing with a, a defensive theme, or, a, you know, your warm-up or a, tact or a certain skill or a play or something like that. You might want to call it that. Um, and by practicing and refining that, it means that when you come to do roll it out in the bigger uh, scales or at the biggest stage when you're at the championship final stage or when you're at the big final or the relegation fight or whatever it is that you need it for, You've actually done this before. It's not brand new. Um, if we'd asked La Rochelle lads in the first game that I was involved with three seasons ago to bring a photo member of their family, we would have been laughed, like it would have been laughed out. Um, of there but actually when we when we practice this and they bought into it there's a trust there and we fit it in perfectly when you do it right before the championship final that actually it taps into family and it captures perfectly what it is you're trying to say it works but it's practice it's refined it's been thought of beforehand um, and look that question that someone asked like how much of that was planned uh, one of my favourite questions to ask teachers and coaches uh, and people in business that I've worked with is there was something that you you decided not to do something during this that we didn't see it's invisible what was that i love asking that question because you get into their thought process of okay you decided not to do this why what was it that that it was you decided and why did you do that should you have done it i think it's a great question to ask again people you're observing or people that you're working with. um and sorry the other one about mistakes your first question sorry about mistakes. Uh, I've probably touched on it already. The mistake I had was thinking that because I'm the person who's helped them with the story or the theme, that I have some sort of like control over it. That's 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 probably a huge mistake I've had. Um and actually maybe ignore, maybe forget, maybe ignore his authority, forgetting the agency that people have to write their own and <laughs> to take it their own direction. Um, I think about, you know, before the before the final this year, when I was pitching the stuff, one thing was, was that we'd used Everest the year before for the final. And so even before the match, someone on Irish TV had asked, right, saying, oh, you got to Everest last year. You know, what's what? what are you going to do this year? And people didn't think we'd go back to Everest. But actually, in my head, I was like, that's exactly where we want to go. We want to remind this group that, hey, you've been to Everest. Some of these guys in the Lens team haven't. That was something we wanted to convey. And within that, we were able to talk about the story of uh, George Mallory and the photograph he brought of his wife when he tried to get up in 1924. We don't know whether he made it or not, but we do know when his body was discovered uh, in the 1990s that the photograph wasn't there. It wasn't on his... on a, a in his possession. So the question is, did he get up there and leave it there? Or did he not? Now whether that's true or not, that doesn't really matter. What we use it to go is when you're against the odds, when you're in a tough situation, when everything's against you, like whether you have a physical photograph of them or not, they're people you carry with you. Who 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 are those people? It was simply an opportunity for us to remind them of the family they had. And it was Raj who jumped out and said, oh, but that's perfect because like we're going to be against it because we're going to be in Dublin against a, an entire stadium, an entire city, um, maybe not an entire country. Uh, that was was against them, uh, in that sense. But that's a perfect environment. Like the 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 difficulty they face, that's perfect. Like so we can and so what started as an idea by me was tweaked by him because he's the one pitching it, um, and so look, the 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 the, the rest is history, uh, in that sense, but. A mistake would be me assuming that I have any sort of control or trying to hold on to control. No, that's not what I meant. You need to do it this way. They're like, hey, if it works for them, do it.
0: Yeah, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? We've been to Everest. They haven't been. Let's starve them of oxygen. (laughs)
1: Like it's, when you look back at it, it sounds so obvious. And I think that's a problem in some ways because. Sometimes people want it to be really complicated. Yeah, sorry, in the sense of, it, because it sounds so simple, people think it's not its not as effective or as useful yeah, yeah. as it could be, but also that you got there easily. That it was just that, like, Rog rang me up and said, oh, we're playing Leinster in two weeks' time, what should we do? And I'm like, oh, let's do Everest again. Let's do George Mallory. Like, Now, they'd actually, they, they knew that story because we'd done it before. And we went back to it, and we did it with a totem, a physical reminder of it because we wanted to really highlight that. Because in that group, family is massive. It is hugely important. And it was an opportunity for this group because look, I think when teaming is done correctly, it's not just about winning. It really, really isn't. Like it's nice when there's trophies, it's nice when those things happen, but it's an opportunity for you to connect. And that was an opportunity in a high stakes environment where other people will be talking about, oh, how are we going to defend their lineup more? Or what are we going to do with this? And Lens to do X, Y, and Z. And, and there was so much of that stuff they were going to do anyway. Let's give them an experience or an opportunity to connect on a level that they haven't already. Let's give them a chance to talk and reflect on their family. Uh, and they did that early in the week, and that was something Roger wanted to do. He wanted the emotion sort of out earlier in the week. I wouldn't do it the day before the game, exactly. <laughs> and he, look, he's spoken about that. He spoke about the first. Um, the first Champions Cup final he was in with Munster, he said the emotional pitch was too high the night before the game. He said they were, it was way too high. And they were so drained from the experience. So he's very good at finding out the when. So I'm helping him with the, like, I could say to him, oh, you need to do this before the match. He's like, no. <laughs> like, but he knows me well enough to push back, and I know him well enough to sort of question, and also know when to shut up. Uh, that look—you probably probably know a thing or two about this stuff as well. Uh, yeah, when I'm making
0: decisions around when we do it, the uh, definitely yeah. one of the hidden ones would be the night before the game. Um, my experiences—you can get that wrong at your peril. Um just a few things that I was kind of thinking about there. Yeah, mate. I mean, pictures are always, pictures of loved ones are always a guarantee to get people crying. That's usually, uh, as Fletch says, tears are worth 10 barbecues. So like people <laughs> crying together is probably quite helpful. Um, lots of experiments. It sounds like people are doing experiment. I think this is a really experimental thing. You were, you, you, you design something, you try and deliver it. You look at people's responses, you see what's happening and what isn't happening and, You probably check in with people. It actually ties in a lot with self-determination theory, like the autonomy part of it, the Mm -hmm. relationships. (laughs) I'm sure that through Everest you've demonstrated competence and people moving through levels and actually being able to demonstrate that Leinster might not have the competence to win. And then the last thing I wrote is there's rarely a big reveal. So I think like there's a slow reveal to for people to go, ah, sometimes the big reveal feels a bit awkward. Um com you know, like we've tried to crowbar something in. Yeah. Um, I think you slowly work out what works and then you I, and then you reveal maybe more of the picture of the stuff you spoke about around the anticipation and making them wait.
1: I think um on that point about the big reveal, some people really want a big launch. They want to do it huge and massive <laughs> and intense. And sometimes I've said, Cool, what do you do next week? <laughs> I'm like, where are you going after that? Like, That's the on call. To get me? Like, what do you do? And um I often describe how I often like to roll out themes as a Trojan horse. Like you do it gradually, they don't realize till it's happening, and then it's happening. Like it's sort of they're in it already. It's 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 it can be subtle, you can dial it up when you need to. Um but I had a guy, I had a few guys in the HAC. We had been rolling out a Senna theme for about over a year. It was over. It was, it was certainly, if it wasn't quite 18 months, it wasn't far off it. And a guy went, I've just realized why we call this thing chicane, because we're doing a Senna theme. And I was like, you didn't? What? And why we call pole position? I just figured out that that's all connected. I'm like, did it did it stop you from scoring off one of them last week? No. Well, then it doesn't matter whether you get you knew it all connected or not, like, but that was a a, a great example of maybe a, a Trojan horse approach. Meeting someone who's also not that doesn't care too much about what stuff is called yeah. or how it's connected, and that's okay. There are plenty of people, plenty of people in groups I've worked with who are like that, so there's nothing wrong with that either,
0: mate. I appreciate your time, it's been great to get you on. You could be the first three Pete, and in 18 months, you could be the first four Pete. Oh, wow. Uh, if people want to reach out and get hold, where's the where's the best
1: places? Uh, so I am far more active on uh, on LinkedIn these days than I am on, on Twitter, uh, or the platform formerly known as Twitter. Um, so but no, sorry, I'm on I'm on Twitter as well at, at teaching at teaching sharks my personal one or at shark teams is team architecture's uh, work, team architecture uh if you if you google that uh please don't be disappointed if you realize i know nothing about architecture it's the architecture of teams you didn't didn't
0: spend seven years doing an architecture degree did you i did not i did
1: not and then suddenly pivot towards telling stories (laughs) that is not what i have done it is the architecture of teams that i'm interested in and i try and support people with uh in that instance so yeah if if you google that um you should be able to find me
0: Legend, mate. A pleasure as ever. More notes for me. Always helpful. Have a great uh, rest of the day.
1: Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.